Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. I almost started preaching while I was praying. Man, got a teardrop on my glasses and can't see a lick, so man. They need windshield wipers on glasses sometimes, amen? Lord, help. So, uh, hey, good to see you, church, man. What a great crowd this morning. I want to say thank you and welcome to our online church. Boy, we got faithful, faithful online church. And so, from my heart to your heart, I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, uh, man, if you were going to do it in January, you're in trouble. It's over. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that went fast, man. So, uh, maybe uh, February would be good to you, amen? So, we're in a little series, a little nugget of four little messages and uh, I started with, uh, the first one was, where are you? It's a very important question, very seldom ever asked by anybody. Because we always want to know where you're going, where you're going, where you're going after high school, where you're going after college, where are you going to do the rest of your life? Man, those are great questions, but if you don't know where you're at, you'll fumble all that other stuff. You will. So where are you? Where are you going? Last week we said, where is the church? Stay at the church address. If you didn't see it, go back and watch it. Man, it's good. God's been good. Man. And I'm not saying that numerical numbers speak for the health of the church, but they do speak of health. And there's more than just the numbers of money and baptisms and people and all that stuff. There's the presence of the Lord, and there's the power of the Holy Spirit that has freedom to move, and we've got that, man. And so the church is beautiful. We know where it is. We talked about it last week. So now... Um, where is the church going? Where is the church going? I want to begin with the scripture that I started 2020 with. Um, Isaiah 54, verse 2. says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Man, that is such a word for the church. I had no idea in January when I shared that with you how important that is for the church. The church cannot hold back anymore. It has got to lengthen its cords, its reach. But it's also got to drive its stakes deep. Because there's a spotlight on the church. And the enemy wants to quiet the church, take the church out, shut the church down. But that just can't happen. It will not happen. Isaiah 43, 19, we talked about that in this series. See, the Lord says, I am doing a new thing. Yes, he is. Now it springs up. And do you perceive it? Big question. That's why where you are is so important because you've got to figure out where you are. Because once you know where you are, you can see what he's got. 
The whole series is taken off Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Your word, God, your word is a lamp to my feet. Once I know my feet, mm, once I know my feet, where they are, then you, your word, lights my path. Once I sit and spend time with the creator of my feet, he made my feet. He knows my feet. He knows where they are. It's time for me to align myself with where my feet are. This is where I'm at, God. Broken, wounded, hurt, victoriously, doesn't matter. This is where I'm at. God, I need you now to show me what you have for me. And I'm going to tell you, through his word, he'll put that spotlight out there. He'll put it out there. That's not just a word individually for the church, but it's a word corporately for the church. See, the church has to know where it is, has to know its feet, where it's positioned. And God says, Brad, this is where I want my church to go right now. This is where I want my church to go. This is what I have for my church. Same thing, 119, 105, individual church, corporate church. Same. Proverbs 16, 3 says this. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. God, my path for your glory. My path for your glory. My life for your glory. Your commander-in-chief, Jesus, speaks. Nobody else can speak. That's one voice you hear. Not all the others. They're out there. There's stuff to the left or the right. They want to distract you. They want you to look. But no, 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 no. You're locked in like a laser. I answer to one person. I hear one voice. That's my king. He made me. He ordained my steps. He, 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 has, he is the light of my path. He is. That's how the church has to be. That's how we as a little church have to be too. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. You've heard it like this. Where there is no vision, the people will perish. Where there's no vision for an individual, mm, he can perish. Where there's no vision for the marriage, mm-hmm, he'd be in trouble too. I tell couples all the time, you know what you need to do? You need to go on a date. You don't need to go on a date and talk about all the, the formula and the throw-up and the diapers and all that, can't get no sleep and all that stuff. You need to go on a date. And not talk about where you're at right now. Dream together about where you're going as a couple. If you don't know where you're going, you'll quit doing what you're doing now. You got to know where you're going. You got to dream together, couples. You got to come up with names for you when you're a granddaddy and a grandmama. You got to talk about retirement even though you're 30. A couple that dreams together, has goals together, will get there together. A couple that doesn't will quit on each other and ultimately quit on God. The church has got to know its vision. Got to. Or it'll perish. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. There's never been a more time 
in our history as a country, as a church, as a little church, that you've got to understand that we do not walk by sight. Because if you look at everything you're supposed to look at in the natural, you're going to shut down. But the church can't shut down because of what it looks like out there or what it sounds like out there or what you fear. The church has got to know who it is. It's got to know who's leading the charge. He said, on this rock, I will build my church in the gates of hell. Oh, no. Nobody will quiet my church. Nobody. And the church can't go, well, it doesn't look good out there. It looks bad out there. I don't know what we're going to do. No, 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 no. That's all physical. We We don't look there. We look supernatural. You got to see it from his perspective. You got to sit. Find out where your feet are. Say, God, you light the path because the path I see is not good. Oh, the path I look at is great, son. You got to go. Where is the church going? Let's unpack this. This all began for me in the fall of 2019. So I've been sitting a little while with this. Specifically, the month of September, I spend a lot of breakfast time at Youngblood's downtown. It's like an office away from my office. I have a specific booth. I have a specific waiter. A waitress, she spoils me rotten. She has my coffee and water at the table, ready to go at 6.30 when I walk in the door. Seriously, my wife's like, she's spoiling you rotten. I said, yeah, it's fun, too. But, but that's my booth, and I sit there all the time. I'm there a bunch. And I'm telling you, some of the richest times I've ever, ever had with the Lord are sitting right there with people and individually. And God began to speak to me about the church, where it was and where it's going. And I say it was the fall of 19, and it was. You're thinking, why didn't I hear this in 2020? (laughs) Well, 2020 interrupted everything. It changed everything. Nobody saw that coming. 2020 happened, but it happened for a purpose. It did. I believe God, in 2020, hit reset for the church. I do. I do, I do. I want, to, I want you to understand what the word reset means. Reset means to set again, to adjust, or fix in a new or different way. I believe what God did ultimately in 2020 was he stopped everything. Individual church, corporate church. And he reset it. His purpose was to reset it. He didn't say when the reset that what you did before is wrong or bad or you shouldn't do again. He didn't say that. He didn't say what you're doing now is bad and do it, don't do it. Don't, he didn't say what's coming, we, we, you're going to mess it up, you keep doing it. I believe God set reset for you to ask the simple question. Is what you did in the past, what you're doing now, and what you're doing in the future, is, is that what I'm breathing on? Is that my program? Or is that your program, preacher, or the church? Is this what I want the church to do? Is this what I want the church to look like? Is this what I have written on my church? 
Are you doing what I want you to do? Are you positioned where I want you positioned? Do I have something more for you? He hit reset. He stopped us. We didn't want to be stopped, but he stopped us. He stopped the church. He shut the church down for 10 weeks in 2020. We didn't meet corporately. He said, well, God didn't, God's not behind the virus. God, God didn't do that. If God's a sovereign God that he is, then he allowed that. For whatever reason, he allowed it. He allowed, he allowed it to reset us individually and the church. And in the reset, all God did in that reset for me was affirm and confirm all that he had said to me late in 19. See, my question in 2020, I had to get away from all the stuff. There were so many voices, and there's still so many voices. And I find myself on walks and runs asking the simple question. I've shared it with you. Heavenly Father, what do you say about this? Heavenly Father, what are you saying? Heavenly Father, what do you say about this? What do you say about this right now for me? What do you say about this for my family? What do you say about this for the church? God, I believe you're resetting some stuff. I'm not saying that you said what was happening before is broken, but you've got to reset it. You want to do it anew. You want to do it different. You want to open our eyes to something else. So where is the church going? Because I'm going to say something to you. This church right here is one sweet church. It's good, man. It's so good. What God has built is so good. What God has done is so good. And all we could sit here and say, look at us and continue to get fat on the hog. But is that what God wants? Does God want more from us? So where is the church going? Three things I want to share with you. Number one, the church is on the move. The church is on the move. Before you get concerned, we're not moving this church, okay? You say, I just built a house, preacher. Just bought it, closed, moved in, came to church two weeks. Now you want to move the church. You're good. We're not moving the church, all right? You're good. We're not going anywhere. But you've heard this saying, many of you say it, a body in motion stays in motion, amen? I believe a church body in motion stays in motion. One thing I see about Jesus in the scriptures is he's always moving. He's moving along and he says, drop your net, come follow me. The first mic drop in Scripture. <laughs> Serious. Dropped the net and took off for Jesus. Now we're in there. They said, well, I got to go home and tell my wife. Uh, she's expecting me. She's got some roast coming. Nah, ain't got time for roast. What I'm about to give you, beach roast. I believe the church is on the move. I believe more specifically the church at Bushland is on the move. In my backpack, in my backpack is a piece of paper. It was given to me by an individual. I asked him to do something for me. I asked him to give me nine churches 
locations that were not in a good place and were looking for someone to buy their property. I have nine churches on a piece of paper in my backpack, and if I went and got my backpack in, the, in my truck, which is across the street at the bank, but if I went and got it, I could show you that piece of paper. I believe our church is in a position right now that what we have right here needs to get outside these walls on a consistent basis. It is good here. It is very good here. What we have, we have a relational church glorifying and honoring and lifting up a relational Jesus. We're not religious, but we're called the church. But we're called the church to be the church because Jesus said, I'm coming back to get the church, and I've told you, church, you've got to be a church worthy of his return. Amen? You are a church worthy of his return. You continue to be a church worthy of his return. But I'm telling you, it's time for the church to stop being in the house, but to get out of the house. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't see anything more after 2020 is this. This world doesn't need to look any longer to a government to give them something, or a president to give them something, or some, some other uh, procedure, or some other program, or some other thing they sign in the law to give somebody hope. Hope, hope. Is found in Jesus, in Jesus alone, amen. And I'm going to tell you something. The church has the hope. And we can't just build it and they will come. That, that, that ship sailed, man. That ship sailed. You wave at that ship. I love what we built here. But I don't want to build again. I want to build out there. I want to build the church. I want to take the church in multiple places. And give them what we got in here. We don't need to keep coming in here and keep us under a lid. We need to pop the top and enjoy out there, man. They need a dadgum meet the Jesus that we worship every week in here. A Jesus that's spoken their name and called their name and loves them more than anything. And that hasn't given up on them. Has not. And it's for them. We've got to get the church out of these walls. I'm serious. And I'm asking God, and I've been asking God, for what I call pin drops. Y'all know what a pin drop is? I'm not very techie, but I can put in my maps an address or a location and a pin drops. And all I got to do with my blockhead is follow that pin. And it gets me there. Here's what I'm asking God. God. I need you to pin drop where the church needs to be. I don't want to pick it. I want you to pick it. These nine places I have in my backpack, I've driven by them. Eight of, nine, eight of the nine I've driven by. Right now, I do not know a location. And the reason I don't know the location, I believe, is because I believe my church is going to help me Pick that location. And I'm not saying it's one location. It could be multiple, multiple locations. I'm believing that there are places in Amarillo, and I'm not just confining it to Amarillo either, all over the area, that needs to have a church pop up in their neighborhood, in their community, 
that, that is absolutely, absolutely just what we are. We're going to go in there, man, and show them what Jesus, Jesus, Jesus church is all about. They've experienced religion. I'm not, I don't want them to experience religion. I want them to experience relationship. I want them to meet a relational Jesus that has a relationship that he wants to do in their life and a call they have on their life. I believe God is going to give us locations. I believe that with all my heart. And I believe many of you already know some of those locations. I'm asking God for a pin drop because the church of Bushland is on the move. We're going to continue to have worship here. Don't, don't get me wrong. But we can't stay in here. We, we cannot stay in here. We can't. We have got to take what God has done here and take it out there. God is calling the church to move. Number two. God has positioned the church for this. There is no doubt about it. God has positioned the church for this. God gave me the word in 19. I thought I would unpack this in 20. But 2020 <laughs> delayed that a little bit. It changed that a little bit. But it made it even better. It cemented it even more in my life. Because I'm going to tell you, unfortunately, after 2020, just like businesses there are churches that will never make it out of 2020. Right now, there are churches that are closing the door, many. And it's unfair, and it's wrong. But the churches that are positioned strong and healthy are there to pick it up and run with it. And I believe that we as a present staff are built for this. I believe that there are future staff that we will add that they will already have a birth in them to do this. God has already spoken to them about it. God's already put this in them. They're burning inside to do it. And when we add them under our staff, they're going to light up, man. They're positioned for that. And more importantly than anything, I believe our church, the church I'm looking at, the church that was here at 9, and the church I'm looking at online, the church is ready for such a time as this. I believe that with all my heart. I believe there are daddies in the room that have been touched by God, and God has changed your family. He's changed the course of your generation of families, and you need to go invest in another daddy and say, you know what? He can do the same thing in you that he did in me. He can. And if you don't believe in yourself, that's okay, because my church believed in me when I didn't believe in myself, and now I'm going to believe in you until you can hear Jesus and believe in yourself. There's mamas in here that have been changed, man. Y'all are rock star moms. And you need to go tell some other mamas they can be that kind of mom. Because they quit believing it. And 2020 has made it even worse. And there's some kids in this room. And kids in our church right now. Behind me. And there's youth in this room. That need to go put their arms around other kids. Need to go put their arms around other youth and say, you know what? Let me tell you what God did in my life. And what God's written on your life. We need to go be heaven. We need to go take the church outside the walls. And we, don't, we, we here, it's a little piece of heaven. But I'm telling you, we need to go touch heaven. And if heaven won't come to you, you got to take heaven to it. you got to take the church to them. Because the day of them coming to the church is over. Many of the people that we need to take the church to... They can't get 
to our church. But they need our church. You say, well, they just need to get in their car and drive here, preacher. Listen to me. Some of the people in some of these areas of Amarillo and around Amarillo, they don't have a car that'll drive eight miles. Public transportation is all they've got. But I'm going to tell you, they should not be trapped by where they are. Can I tell you something to an extent? We at the Church of Bushland are trapped. We are to an extent. Our location keeps us trapped. But that doesn't mean that it has to keep us. Listen, if they won't come to you, church, you must go to them. And I believe it is time for our church to go to them. Listen, what we have is so good. We are a beautiful, beautiful church. We will continue to be a strong and mighty beautiful church, but I'm going to tell you right now, there are people out there, there are places out there that need what we've got. And it's high time we get out there and go. He said, well, if you build it, they will come. That ship sailed. You can wave at it. There's still a place for the corporate body of church to come together and meet, I'm telling you. Everybody online right now listening to my voice will tell you, it's beautiful to watch my church online, but nothing takes the place of being in the house. Nothing. Nothing takes the place of worshiping with your church and looking around and looking at all the people, raising their hands and giving praise to the king. Man, if that doesn't fire you up, your wood's wet, you need to check yourself. I'm just telling you, there's nothing like the presence of God in the house. There's nothing like the atmosphere in the house. There's nothing like the move of the Holy Spirit in the house. You cannot duplicate that online. You cannot. There's nothing like the corporate body of Christ coming together. It's power. Power. And when you don't feel like it, you walk into this church, and I guarantee you by the time it's over, you're going to feel it. You'll feel it. It is time to take the church to them. I believe God not only is a church on the move for us, but God's positioned our church for this. Now you might think, well, what do we look like, preacher? Are you, are you going to buy a bunch of campuses and we're going to start services in them right away? Nope. Nope. We're not going to do that. We are going to buy the property. Better than that, I believe that there are going to be properties that God just gives us. I'll tell you why in a little bit. I believe we buy places, campuses, uh, churches. I don't want the building necessarily. I want the property. I want the location. I want to use the property, the parking lots, and, and, and the grounds to, to set up, to basically to set up a camp, set up a staging site to do ministry, to do mission ministry. Now, here's what I have in mind. Here's what, what I think God wants us to do. If we do a school supply giveaway in Bushland, Texas, we, back, we put backpacks together for school supplies, there'll be four people that need that. Serious. You take West Amarillo and Bushland, and you give that away to five people. Legitimately. But that doesn't excuse us from giving the love of Jesus through a backpack. So we do backpack giveaways, school supply giveaways on those locations. We do Thanksgiving meals. 
We put a whole Thanksgiving meal together in a big old box. And we either have them come to this church, to the location, or we take it to the streets and knock on a door and give it to them. When we do that, we're not just giving a turkey, we're giving Jesus. And I want them to experience the authentic relationship of Jesus through the love of the church. I believe we do the same thing with Christmas gifts. I do. I believe at Easter, when we do an Easter egg hunt and we give out bicycles, we don't give them out to kids that take them home and put them in a garage next to two four-wheelers and a side-by-side, seven trucks, a golf cart, and nine more bicycles. Sorry, if I just named your shop, I'm sorry, okay? But I'm serious. Are you kidding me? Some of y'all looking at your neighbors. That's pretty funny. Uh, what I'm saying is it doesn't move the needle to give a kid that's got four bikes a bike. Can I tell you about a little girl in northeast Amarillo? Been asking for a bike for three years. And her mom and dad really would love to give her a bike. But you know what? Electricity and heat is more important. You give her a bike at nine years old, and you'll change her life forever. Who gave you that bike, sweetheart? The church. The church. Better than that, Jesus. You ever been back in our children's ministry and watched them? Woo! You ever been, seen them on Wednesday night? You ever stuck your head in the youth on Wednesday night? 100, 125 kids giving it up for Jesus when they didn't have to be in there? I believe our children and our youth, if we do a vacation Bible school on that property, oh my goodness, could our kids not love on some kids that they would never get an opportunity to love on again and change their life forever. Let me tell you what a spoken word from someone does in someone's life. I was a messed up second grade kid in my second year of second grade, stuttering like all get out and couldn't spell all right. I ate lunch with hairnet ladies, tater tots, and corn dogs. And Miss A spoke into my life with her bony little arthritic finger, poked me in the chest, and said, you were born to lead. At that point, I thought I was the biggest loser in all the world. She saw more in me than I ever saw in myself. Thank God for the spoken word of one person I didn't know who changed my life forever. I will eternally be indebted to her for that little arthritic finger that stuck me in the chest and said, you were born to lead, young man. Born to lead. Number three, God does trust our church. That's not a big deal. I mean, that's not a small deal. That's a big deal. You see, it's one thing for us to say, I trust God. It's another thing for God to say, I trust you. I'm going to tell you right now, God trust our church it does it absolutely trusts our church why because we hear god we do hear god and when we hear god we move with god every single time we hear god we move with god i promise you we when we move with god we paid off debt god said pay that debt off we paid that debt off god said build this right here debt free we built it debt free God said, move here, we move here. God said, move here, we move here. Every time. 
I believe last year we did that manger offering in 19 and we raised money to do all the lights, all the video, get us online, all that we're doing right now, that was of God. You cannot tell me that was not God. That was God. We raised the money, we did all the remodel, we did everything, we now have a great online presence. We have a beautiful team of people that make it happen. And I'm gonna tell you right now, we have, we have absolutely expanded our reach and we've done a great job. But folks, I can tell you, we stand here with everything that we've done and everything that God's told us to do and we're debt free today because we did it God's way and God breathed on it and he blessed it. God trusts this church. Next Sunday will be 13 years for me as a pastor. And many of you know the story. We were not much 13 years ago. About 18, 20 people at max. But God did an incredible work. I want to tell you this in closing. I was sitting in Young Bloods in my little booth in the fall of 19. This was probably October-ish. God had already spoken about get the church, pin drops. You're going to take your church out there. You're going to take your church out there. The church is going to go many locations. Church dollars as a God, I heard God say it. I hadn't shared it with anybody. I hadn't said a word to no one. Just been sitting with it. Because timing is very important. Hearing God's one thing, timing is a whole other thing. A lot of people hear God, but their timing's messed up. God's in both. I was sitting in my booth. There was a big table of pastors, probably 10 or 12 of them over here. One of them came up, came, got up and came over and, and spoke to me. We're good friends. We have lunch quite a bit. And he spoke, and then he went back over and sat at the table. If you've ever been in a restaurant with big old table, 10 or 12, especially pastors, and every once in a while they all just kind of glance at you. Know that all 10 or 12 are talking about you, okay? And so I'm sitting there, and what's real funny is when both pastors at the table look at the same time, and they look back at each other and go, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't think you were looking at him. I'm looking at him, you know, that kind of stuff. And so they're all looking at me, so I know they're talking about me, and that's fine. That kind of comes with the job title as a pastor. And so I'm sitting there studying, finishing my stuff, and they all get ready. They get done. They leave. And so I just stay there for a little bit longer, and I'm still stu studying, and I'm kind of looking down. I kind of get lost. I kind of have an office away from my office sometimes, and, and Stephanie kind of spoils me, and if I'm studying, she won't interrupt me. She just either gives me more water or gives me more, more coffee. So I'm just studying, and all of a sudden, I'm, as I'm looking down at my table, I, I see feet. And I look up, and there's a guy standing there. He said, hi, I'm so-and-so. You mind if I sit with you? I said, yeah, have a seat. He said, I was just over there with those guys. They were sharing what God had done uh, with your church out in Bushland. I said, yeah, it's been pretty cool. He said, well, I got back in my car, and I cranked it, and God said, turn it off. Go tell him. So he turned the car off. He came inside. Hmm. And he said, I feel like the Lord has a word for you. I said, all right. He said, what God did in Bushland through you, he's going to do again. But this time, he's not gonna do, you're not going to do it all by yourself. You're going to do it with your church. 
I'm just telling you, man. You know when God says something to you and he uses a total stranger to confirm it, it, it make hair on your arm stand up. A month ago when God began to show it to me, I didn't say anything to nobody. Nobody, not even my wife. And a guy I've never met in my life who lives in Dallas, Texas, who was here, came up the day before to do a conference, and those guys attended. He stayed over that night, but he said, I want to eat breakfast before I leave and go back to Dallas. He happens to go to the same restaurant. God confirms a word and speaks a word. He comes over and tells me. And he said, what God did through you when you first got there, you're going to do it again. But you're not going to do it by yourself. Your church is going to do it with you. Faith honors God, and God honors faith. Church, I'm telling you right now, from this point forward, our biggest impact is going to be outside these walls. Many of you have already known this, and it's doing nothing but just coming to the surface in you. This is your heart. God spoke it in your life. God has put this in you. I believe that many of you in this room are going to be the reason we put pin drops where we put pin drops because God's already given you that location. He's shown you that location. Some of you in this room are very pivotal to that. These locations, we're not going to start popping in a service right away. We are absolutely going to get boots on the ground and love people. We're going, we're going to love people and show them love. We're going to meet needs, and we're going to give hugs, and we're going to give high fives, and we're going, to, we're going to be the church. And one day, God might or might not raise up a church in that location. That'll be his call. But I know this. Those facilities, those places that we purchase, those are for us to set up a camp to impact neighborhoods and change lives. And I am believing this. There are people today that have a call of God in their life, and they're in those locations. God's called them. Some of the pastor, they don't know what to do with that. They don't know what to do with that. But when we show up, it's going to resurrect that in them. And myself and my staff, we're going to help them learn how to plant a church and grow a church. We're going to change neighborhoods. Government is not going to change neighborhoods. The church will change neighborhoods. Programs by the government will not change neighborhoods. It won't change families. It won't change generations. Jesus changes generations. And we are faithfully going to raise up Jesus over those neighborhoods and say, this is the church. This is the church. Jesus is the church. And you can't stop the church. What we've done, what God has done here has been great. God has entrusted us with that. But where much is given, much is required. And we've got to get outside the church. I want, to end you with a, I want to end with a passage of scripture, and this is the church. This is Matthew 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill, mm, a church on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. But instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way... Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. The banner over these locations will not be our church. 
It will not be my name. It will not be your name. It will be the name of Jesus. He is the light of the world. He changes lives. He changes families. He puts marriages back together. That's the Jesus that we're going to take in those neighborhoods. It is high time that we get outside of Bushland, Texas, outside of these walls. What we have here is good. I'm telling you it's good. We can continue to do this. We could. But I am not going to continue to do this until I retire when God said, go, 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 go. You're too good. We're too good. He's too good. He's too good. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our love. There are communities, boys and girls, men and women, families out there that need what we have. And church, it's time to go. It's time to go for your family. It's time to go as a couple. It's time to go for your kids. I'm telling you, we could stay here, continue to get fat on the hog, but you know what you do when you get fat on the hog? You get sassy too. You get fat and sassy and grappy. It ain't gonna do it. It's an abomination to God. It's time to go. If you, don't, if you can't find reason to praise where you are and know that God's been good, maybe you ought to go out there and touch a life and watch what they do in that life. You'll get your praise on them. I'm asking the church to lean into God and say, God, how are you going to use me? What's my role? What's my role, God? What's my part in this? What do you want to do in me? What do you want to do in my family? How do you want to use me to touch a world that I have not met yet? Take Jesus in the love, love, love of Jesus, places you've never been in your life. And watch it change your life. The church can't stay hidden. It must get out in the darkness. It must go where it's never gone before. Our greater days are before us, church. It is time that we stand up, rise up, lift up the banner of Jesus, and go. Go. They're not all coming here. But that doesn't excuse us from taking the church to them. It's time to go. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray for us. If you're on the ministry team, I'm going to invite you to come on up. Worship team will make their way up. Whew. I'm about to get me a sweat rag. Man, this has been in me for a long time. Like I said, fall of 19. This is a good house. It will continue to be a good house. Don't worry about that. We're locked focused. We know where God put us. We know we're, in, we're on holy ground. God's not done here. God will continue to grow this house. We'll whip out three services if we need to, all right? Eight o'clock. I hadn't shared that with Paxson, but we can do it, all right? <laughs> if you don't know, Paxson don't like mornings. Right? We may be singing Kumbaya, the, all four songs, all right? He'd start snoring through the fourth one. But, but, but listen to me. We're going to continue to grow this army because we're going to take that army out there. Listen to me. God reset the church. He did. He reset it for his, better, for his greatest days. I'm telling you, his greatest days will lie ahead. The favor of God is on this house. God trusts his church. We're going to have favor out there. God's got pin drops everywhere. And we're about to see them. And God's going to raise them up. And we're going to take that love. I mean, that real love, that relational love of Jesus out there. I know other churches have done it. But sometimes churches want to 
want to take, mm, they want to make their church fit that neighborhood. Uh Uh-uh. You know where you are. You raise up a church in that neighborhood. Raise them up. We got to go. We got to go. It's time to go. What part do you play? Ask the Holy Spirit now and respond to him. Father, we love you. God, we know. We know individually. We know as moms and dads. We know as families. We can't keep doing every year like we do it. It's good. But there's got to be more. I want my kids, I want my marriage, I want my family to see you. I want, I want missions. I want, I, want, I want serving to be a part of what we are. I got to get outside myself. All I do is see me. It's making me hard. It's making me cold. It's making me selfish. It's making me grippy. God, I pray you open our eyes to the new thing that you're doing. And God, that you will get the church outside of itself and raise up a banner of love and Jesus over these places. God, I pray now you give us pin drops. Trust us, God. You show us. We'll go. You speak. We'll go. And God, I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice, online and in-house, let their yes right now echo God's yes. May our yes echo your yes, God. But we love you. Move us now as we worship in Christ's name. Amen, amen. If you need to come, you come, church. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.